Hi, this is Father Simon Lobo, and you are listening to the St. Benedict Parish Homily Podcast. Good morning, everyone. You know, I've been waiting for this day for a long time. You know, I haven't preached here in about six weeks, so I've been saving up six weeks of preaching energy just for you this morning. So you're okay with waiting through a 45-minute homily? (laughs) Waiting is difficult, isn't it? I find it very difficult, as Father Simon said. It is something strange about this morning, isn't it? As he said, the the cooking is in the oven. It's been taken out. It's, It's cooling off, and you can smell it. But we're here this morning saying, not yet. Not yet. It's still room for waiting. It's still happy Advent. We're still singing the songs of Advent at least for another six hours, then we will sing the songs of Christmas. And it's difficult to wait. I find waiting for anything to be very difficult because, well, people over throughout my life have always said to me, James, patience is a virtue. Like, what is that supposed to mean? Yeah, it's a virtue that I don't have much of. So what? Yesterday, I was putting the slides for this homily on the computer, and I got the, this, the spinning beach ball. You know that thing? If you don't know what that is, ask your, your, your grandchild. It's the, it, it says that the computer is doing something that you don't want it to do. It's not doing the thing that you want it to do. And I had to wait. I couldn't believe it. I was getting so upset. I had to wait for 10 seconds. <laughs> so waiting is difficult because of our impatience. But there's another kind of waiting that is very difficult. Waiting in times of confusion, in times of fear, in times of suffering. Waiting in the times of our lives when the illusion of self, of the illusion of control is removed from us. When we feel and taste and experience our abject powerlessness over a situation, perhaps It's concerning uh, our own health or the health of someone we love. Waiting for a diagnosis, waiting for the results of a medical test. We've pretty much all been there, haven't we? Either in our own lives or a loved one where even though we would do anything to make it better, there's nothing we can do except wait. It is difficult. Perhaps waiting for a decision to be made that's going to impact the direction of our lives, a decision over which we have no influence. The decision is in the hands of someone else and it's so difficult to wait because we're powerless. Perhaps we're waiting for the healing or the growth of a particular relationship in our lives or even waiting for a special relationship And we just seem to wait. And we know one thing about relationships. As soon as you begin to meddle in a heavy-handed way, you can wreck it. you got to wait. And that's difficult. And even when we pray to God, we cry out to God to help us in this time of waiting. Sometimes it's like, you know, where is God? You know, God is not, doesn't seem to be answering my prayer. Now, all these difficulties around the experience of waiting, I believe, are intensified during this 
Advent Christmas season. Because the waiting experience reveals in us something that is lacking, something that we yearn for, something that we desire. And yet we come into the season where we're all supposed to be happy, right? Happy, happy, happy. What if you don't feel happy? And I think underneath a lot of the overt happiness, there could be a lot of suffering. Is that yearning, that deep down yearning is, is revealed within ourselves. And yet the season of Advent is a time where we dare to say that the waiting is not worthless. Rather, it is in the waiting that we can encounter God in a new way and discover that the very thing for which we yearn is going to be fulfilled by the one whose birth we wait to celebrate. That's why we've been looking at this theme, room for waiting over these last four weeks. And today we hear the great gospel story, the great preludes to the story that we're going to hear tonight. When the angel Gabriel came to a people who had been waiting for centuries for liberation. They had been waiting for the coming Messiah. And the angel Gabriel comes to this 13, 14, 15, 16 year old girl, however old she was, and makes the most audacious proposal in the history of the universe and the entire universe waits for her response. But what is her response? Here I am. The servant of the Lord, be it done with me according to your words, which basically means yes. It's a crazy yes. You know, over the centuries, many people have reflected on this yes of Mary to this request. And they refer to it by a very special word. In fact, they refer to it by a Latin word that that means let it be, let it be. See, it wasn't the Beatles that came up with that, it was Mary, let it be. And the word is fiat, everyone say fiat. Now it's not necessarily got anything to do with one of these, but I want to talk about Mary's fiat. It was an act of trust, of obedience, of surrender, and of faith. It was an act of trust in God, of obedience to what God was asking her to do, and an act of total surrender and faith. Just think about it. I mean, do you know what's the most amazing thing about this gospel story? Is that after the angel Gabriel asked Mary that question, she only had one question. I mean, I would have called my lawyer. I would have, I'm sure she must have had a thousand questions. Oh my goodness, you want me to be pregnant before I'm married? What is Joseph gonna think? What is he gonna say? What is he gonna do? What will my parents think? What will they say? What will they do? What will the people of my town think and say and do? What am I gonna do? I'm only 14 or 15. And you want me? to carry this child of prophecy, the child that was spoken about in our first reading, the child who will 
fulfill the prophecy of the kingdom of David? What is this going to mean for my life? What am I going to do? How am I going to do it? But she asks one question. Okay, maybe the most obvious question she asks, but she only asks one question. And we don't know how long she kept the angel waiting, but she said yes. By the way, Jesus also had a car. He drove a Honda, but he didn't talk about it. Did you know that? Because it says in John 12, for I did not speak of my own accord. Anyway, that's just a little aside. Let's get back to the topic. The American pastor Rick Warren once said this, Christians are like tea bags. You don't know what's inside until they get dropped into hot water. In waiting, in a period of our lives where we have no control, where we feel powerless, when we're afraid and confused, is a kind of hot water. And sometimes that's when we find out what's inside. That's when we're going to encounter the Lord in the most powerful of ways. That's what happened to Mary, to our Blessed Mother. And so for us, Mary is a model for trusting God. She is the model disciple. And this morning, I want to look briefly at four qualities of Mary that can help us to grow in our trust of God. Four qualities. Number one, think eternally. Maybe the reason why Mary didn't have a thousand questions is because she was thinking eternally. And certainly the angel, when he came to her, he spoke of eternal things. He told her that the son who would be born from her, would, would, his kingdom would be an eternal kingdom. Our values and priorities are shaped by what we spend the majority of time thinking about and desiring. I'm going to say that again. Our values and priorities are shaped by what we spend the majority of time thinking of and desiring. Thinking eternally is such an important key to, be able to being able to trust in God and to be at peace in those moments of waiting, those moments of difficulty. But if our entire focus is this world, this moment, this life, we will never be able to think eternally. We will never be able to think beyond these priorities that seem to us so important. But in the light of eternity are often absolutely unimportant, of no consequence. So as scripture says, we need to put on the mind of Christ which means we need to engage the Lord every day in prayer to be informed by the Word of God and to help us to think eternally. Second point, let others speak into your life. What's the first thing that Mary did after the angel, of Gabe, after the angel appeared to her and she said yes? What did she do? She went on a trip, didn't she? Who did she go to see? Elizabeth, her cousin. It's right there in the picture. She traveled to see her cousin, a, a, a more mature woman, a woman of, of wisdom. And imagine the conversation as they shared their stories and as they comforted one another. They experienced community. And brothers and sisters, if we are going to trust, grow in our trust in God, 
in, in, allow the Lord to encounter us in those difficult times, the times of waiting when we're powerless, we need to have Christian community. People who know us and care for us and will speak into our lives. That's why small communities are so important in our parish. That's why we encourage everyone to be part of a small group, whether it's a discipleship group, a study group, or a mid-sized connect group. Right now we have, I think, Simon, four, 13, 14 connect groups. And these are groups of 20 to 30 people who meet at homes every two weeks for, for a meal and fellowship and prayer. And it's not just the gatherings, the fact that these communities have become communities within the big community. You know, in days gone by, if you were having a particularly difficult time, a time of waiting through a difficult time, you could call the priest. But especially in our own parish, which is so big, that, you know, the priest isn't always available. And perhaps he doesn't, nor should he always be available, because the point is we've got to speak into one another's lives. We need to be part of a community. That's why we have these connect groups. And I would really encourage you, if you're not yet plugged in to a small community in our parish, that perhaps that's something you could do in the new year so that people can speak into your life. The third point, value obedience over convenience. Guess what? When is obedience ever convenient? I mean, if it was convenient, it would be no problem to be obedient. But today, the word obedience is kind of a bad word. It's a bad word. In the second reading today, St. Paul writes to the Romans that the whole point of this, of everything he writes, is to bring about what he calls the obedience of faith. Faith is not just a feeling. It's not a disposition. It's not nostalgia. It's rooted in obedience, which means I am under the word of God. I hear God's word and I respond, even when it's inconvenient. Look at the words of Mary. She says, behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. Let's be honest, how often do we approach God and say, behold, I want you to be the servant of me. Let it be done according to my words. God, if you're up there, let it be done according to me. But this is the prayer of the obedient servant. Let it be to me according to your word. Fourthly, believe that trust brings the greatest joy. You know, after Mary visited Elizabeth, she prayed a most beautiful prayer, a prayer known as the Magnificat. We pray it every day in the church in evening prayer. My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. My spirit rejoices. The ultimate fruit of her yes of her fiat, of her let it be, of her obedience, was joy, joy. And I can testify in my own life that the moments that I have been most fully surrendered to God, the most obedient to God, is when I have experienced the greatest amount of joy in my life. Because I'm not always obedient. I don't like being obedient. I struggle with it like anyone else. But in those grace-filled moments when I'm able to surrender, that's when I've known real joy. And I believe that that is available to each and every one of us. And so, four qualities 
of Mary that can help us to grow in our trust of God in difficult times of waiting, to think eternally, to let others speak into your life, to value obedience over convenience, and believe that trust brings the greatest joy. Thanks for listening. If you want to see the video version of the homily, please go to our website, saintbenedict.ca, S-A-I-N-T, benedict.ca, and then follow the link to our live stream.